Support for Industry Focus comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, July 28th, and we're talking big tech earnings. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined in the studio by Fool interns Connor Lott and Anish Tisarla. What's going on, guys? Hey. Hey, Dylan. So, you guys are wrapping up your last week here at Fool HQ, right? We sure are, yeah. yeah. What would you say has been the highlight of the summer, being here? So, the highlight's definitely been my uh, final stock pitch yesterday. Got a uh, great amount of feedback by the investing team and went really well. I pitched an exciting biotech company. Exciting biotech company. You got to talk to uh, healthcare host Christine Hargis about that. Will do. <laughs> what about you, Connor? I would say uh, Bonchon. That was, yeah. that was a highlight. <laughs> All right. The, the IF listeners know the lore of Bonchon quite well. We've spent a lot of time talking about it on the podcast, uh, but maybe for people that haven't caught it before, it is, uh, it is just bliss. Double fried Korean chicken wings. I'm a believer now. Yeah. Did you go spicy or mild? Uh, both. Ah. Yeah, I tried the whole the whole shebang, and uh, it was glorious. Yeah. You did it right. Yeah. Um, what else was glorious? Some tech earnings coming in. It's about damn time. It's it's, yeah. it's it's awesome to have some really fun new numbers to look at in the podcast. Um, why don't we start out talking about what we saw from App uh, from Alphabet this quarter? Um, this is Google's parent, uh, one of the first big tech names to release earnings this quarter. Looking at the results, the company posted $26 billion in revenue, up over 20%, and beating expectations by a few hundred million. EPS was a little fuzzier for the company. Uh, they had some one-time items that caused uh, some issues with that metric. But excluding those, uh, EPS came in at $8.90 per share, beating estimates. Of course, the company had to recognize that one-time item, the $2.7 billion charge, uh, after being fined by the European Commission for some antitrust practices, which brought actual EPS down to $5. Uh, also beating expectations. All that said, all those great top nine numbers and bottom line numbers, shares actually took a three percent dip. Um, what were some of the issues that the market was seeing in these results, guys? So, I think uh, there's a couple metrics that analysts were looking for to be uh, to continually improve over the next couple quarters, and they were kind of um, soft a little bit. So, CPC um, or cost per click, which is an important metric and that reflects how much Google gets for ads, uh, was down twenty three percent year over year and 6% quarter over quarter. So, it wasn't measuring up to what was expected. Um, and additionally, uh, traffic acquisition, acquisition costs, or TAC, uh, amounted to $5.09 billion, uh, which was higher than analyst projections of $4.75 billion, um, which is up to 22% of advertising revenue from 21% a year ago. So, basically, um, CPC, which should be up, went down, and TAC, which should be down, went up. Um, so, it's not entirely worrisome right now for Alphabet, but analysts are looking a little bit down the road and saying this could um, impact the enormous revenues that are coming in from Google. And the CPC story is one that's been playing out for a while. Um, you know, as the company and really the kind of the world transitions to mobile browsing rather than desktop browsing, we've seen CPCs come down. I think analysts were expecting it to be somewhere in the teens as a drop, sure. and instead it came in at that 20% figure. So, I think that's why you see some of that reaction. Um, the flip side of that, though, and why the company has been able to continue to grow that top line is because more people are connected. It's you know it's easier to just have a phone or something like that uh, and be on the internet. Um, the company's been able to make it up on volume for quite some time. 
So I think you really characterize that perfectly when more people are continuing to use mobile devices for browsing. Google is really going to have to figure out how it can continue drive revenue growth and ensure that advertisers uh, are best uh, characterized with uh, mobile revenue. Yeah. Um, so, so I think some of those concerns are warranted. I, I am a believer that they will they will figure that out uh, as as the ad giant and probably one of the you know two biggest um, sources of digital ad spend. I, I, I'm not too concerned about it, um, but definitely something to be mindful of. Um, the reason that it's it's such a concern is looking at how Alphabet makes its money. Uh, 25.8 billion dollars in revenue of that 26 billion figure coming from Google and the internet properties, and so so it's understandable that people are a little worried about that CPC trend. Um, one of the other main properties that there was a lot of attention paid to on the call was YouTube, and uh, it seems like every conference call I'm hearing more and more about what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, so Google CEO Sundar Pichai did say that YouTube generated over 1.5 billion monthly viewers um, amid an extremely hot market for video advertising. Uh, so it should be Alphabet's uh, second largest revenue generating enterprise after Google's core internet search business, but we say should be because they break it out between Google and other bets. So they're, they're very non-transparent or opaque, you might say, um, in kind of delving into what is actually making money for them. Um, so YouTube, uh, with its 1.5 billion monthly viewers, if it were Categorized as a social network, um, as you say, to, you know, Facebook, it would be the second largest social network in the world, which, which is, is baffling. Yeah, that's incredible. So I read this interesting report that said if YouTube was a standalone business, it would have a market cap of around seventy-five billion dollars, which is it's not bad. Pre- pretty insane. Yeah. So definitely, YouTube can serve as a driver for growth. And some of the other places that Alphabet has been looking for growth is the other bets segment, which makes up the rest of that pie chart of revenue. And right now, it is just under 250 million. Um, we always hope to get some really interesting color on what's going on with these futuristic, kind of nascent tech bets uh, that that Alphabet's making. Unfortunately, it's always kind of a disappointment. Like we didn't really get a ton with this call, right? Right. Yeah. And. Just a fun fact that we're going to throw out here, because we're on the YouTube trend right now. Anish, what do you think the most viewed video on YouTube is? Uh, I would say Gangnam Style, the Psy music video. Up until 2017, late 2016, you would have been right. But now it is Wiz Khalifa's See You Again. Wow. So Wiz just making it happen on YouTube. Um, <laughs> I wonder I wonder with stats like that, like... Those are not songs that have longevity. Yeah. You know, they are they are pop tunes. I wonder if some of like the really like seminal rock songs came out in the digital age, where they would stack up because it's it's an unfair comparison. It, it is, yeah. I mean, you would think like Queen or something, you know, ACDC or, or some enormous band, Led Zeppelin, would just be the king of the hill. hill but nope, we got Wiz Khalifa <laughs> uh, with uh, Louis Fonsi's Despacito garnering over two point eight billion views in like six months. So it's on we, your heels. Yep, they're coming in hot. Watch out. That is like the song of the summer. I've they're heard not, that everywhere. They are not going Cito or Despa, whatever slow is. You know, They're definitely not going slow. So. No, it's a muy caliente, I guess. Um, looking at these results, I, I don't see anything super thesis-altering with Alphabet. Um, it is a massive company. And at this point, it is tough for them to to meaningfully grow the needle, or move the needle and, and grow the business. Um, 
I don't think that this is a stock or a business that's going to be a two or three bagger anytime soon, simply because it is a $660 billion market cap company. Um, but when you look at this business, the internet properties that they own are so strong. Um, the fact that they're posting 20% growth with this ad business is amazing. The fact that they have 1.5 billion monthly actives on YouTube, also amazing. Um, I kind of look at what they have here with this cash cow business and then this other bet segment as like a you know stable business and like mini VC fund. Right, you have these bets like Loon, which is all about uh, connectivity; Verily, which is all about life sciences; Nest, which is connected home; Fiber, which is all about broadband; and Waymo, which is all about autonomous uh, vehicles. My gosh, I mean, these are all emerging tech plays. If any of those take off, uh, that's where you could see some really explosive growth. And of course, the core ad business is still moving along fine. How do you guys? Did, did, did I hit it? Do you guys I, have anything else? I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, just looking at just looking at Waymo uh, by itself, that has a propensity to. It, it's already changing the auto, automobile market. I mean, with self-driving cars and everything. So, um, yes, if one of these properties takes off and, and really revolutionizes its vertical, I mean that that's it can be incredible for the company. Yeah, I think it's not a stock to own if you want gaudy tech growth. Um, but if you're fine with this. Kind of chugging along and maybe having some really awesome plays in these nascent tech spaces. Uh, certainly a stock to continue to watch. Um, we're going to talk about another one that I personally love quite a bit uh, Facebook on the second half of the show. But before we get over there, listeners, I just want to remind you that support for industry focus comes from our friends over at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, and your life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, just go over to rocketmortgage.com fool, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. So, if, <laughs> if Alphabet posted good numbers and got a pretty meek response from the market, I think Facebook had Pretty much the opposite, right? Great numbers and wow, like up five percent uh, immediately after posting uh, the next morning. So, great results here. Do you guys want to walk through some of the numbers a little bit? Yeah, Facebook just continues to be a wonderful story when it comes to social media growing and just taking over the whole space. So, the uh, company reported revenue of nine point three billion dollars, which was good for forty five percent growth and beat expectations pretty handily. So, on the bottom line, net income clocked in at uh, $3.9 billion, which is up 70% year-over-year. You don't see that for a company that has a market cap greater than $500 billion, so that's super impressive. Operating margin was up 500 basis points to 47%, thanks to revenue growth outpacing spending. And that's a pretty huge swing, so that'll definitely be an indicator to look for in the future. And particularly, mobile ad sales hit $8 billion, which was a 53% increase. And looking at that number for a second, yeah. you see that, that $8 billion comes in at a massive part of the overall $9.3 billion in revenue that they're posting for, this, uh, for the quarter. Um, they, too, are seeing that mobile pivot. and doing it very successfully. Yeah, so mobile ad revenue now counts for 87% of their total ad revenue. And uh, in the past, we heard so many concerns about whether Facebook would be able to transition to mobile and continue to generate revenue from there. So that's super impressive. Um, so another good indicator is that the price of an individual ad rose 24%, and the total number of ads rose by 19%. So even though the company kind of signaled that the ad space in newsfeed is reaching an upper limit, it's still continuing to grow. So that's uh, pretty positive. 
Additionally, the company uh, still makes most of its ad revenue from those in the United States and Canada just because they're more developed markets, but it's looking to continue monetizing more of its international markets. So currently, the average revenue per user worldwide is $4.73, which was a 50% jump from the first quarter of 2017. And I want to circle back on uh, what you talked about with kind of looking forward in growth in a little bit. But before we get over to some of that stuff, if we're talking Facebook, we also have to talk user counts because I think that is one of the easiest ways to just see the trajectory of uh, a social media business. I mean, you look at the response with Twitter today after reporting earnings and showing absolutely zilch for user growth. Uh, you can show how much the market fixates on that. So, what are we seeing with users, Connor? Yeah. So, um, right now the platform has two billion monthly active users, uh, with 1.3 billion daily active users, which is which obviously makes it the preeminent social network in the world. Um, and then looking at the different properties in terms of advertisers on those properties, uh, Facebook now has five million advertisers, and Instagram, which is Owned by Facebook has one million by themselves, um, so they're incredibly. I mean, they've grown incredibly over the past you know five to ten years, really, since the formation of the company. In terms of driving at growth, in terms of MAUs and DAUs, and it, it's a really encouraging sign that they can now really see those profits take over from from that base growth. Yeah, and I think that advertiser at a glance is good because you don't get a good breakout of what's going on, what's right. coming from Facebook and what's coming from Instagram. So, getting a sense of how many advertisers they have participating on each at least gives you kind of a baseline feel for, for maybe what those revenue contributions might be. Um, we talked about the growth deceleration. Facebook's management has talked about the growth deceleration. Um, they've tried to signpost this as much as possible. Um, I think part of it is, it's really tough to keep putting up these ridiculous numbers. Uh, you know, you look back to what they've done uh, Q3 of 2016, which is what they'll be going up against. They posted 55% revenue growth, and that, that's really tough to do. Um, part of the equation, though, just looking at the way the business works, is they're hitting some saturation with their ad load, right? Right. So there's only so many ads you can include in the newsfeed, just simply because as users scroll on videos, they'll spend a certain amount of time there, and you don't really want to. Uh, compromise the user experience by including a ton of ads. So the company does have to strike a fine balance in terms of monetizing its audience, but also providing that incredible user experience. And I think management has done an amazing job when it's come to that. So I'll be I still have confidence that they'll be able to do this in the future when it comes to monetizing WhatsApp and Messenger, which they gave a little bit of color on, and how their monetization for Messenger was a little bit slower than they expected it to be. And there are other things that play into that revenue number. Um, ad load is one of the main factors, but the gains are also driven by active user growth and advertiser demand. And so, what we're seeing in other parts of the business is uh, MAUs and DAUs keep climbing, mm -hmm. and we saw that uh, the ad rates that people are willing to pay for keep going up too. So even as ad load decreases, uh, we might not see the same gaudy growth, but that's not to say that we're not going to see growth on the Facebook platform itself. Um, you hinted at some of the Messenger stuff, and, and I think that if you're looking at this business, that is really where growth could come in the next five years, um, because there's just massive user bases with the WhatsApp and Messenger platforms. Exactly. There are over a billion people using Messenger and WhatsApp individually. And so, currently, the management has said they've wanted to grow the user base instead of uh, directly monetizing it. But I think they're coming at the point now where they slowly start one to introducing ads to a select few and seeing how the response is with that. I think investors are a little bit antsy and 
uh, depending when they want to see that monetization, they want to receive the gains now. But I think Facebook is continuing to remain uh, steady with its core mission and building its user base as much as possible and then slowly starting to roll out ads and monetization. And if you read the call, you see that Mark Zuckerberg, I think, is also starting to get a little antsy about it and, and kind of wants to turn on the monetization engine there. Uh, they, have a, they have a history of being very deliberate in monetizing all of their platforms and, and really doing their best not to compromise user experience. And I think you know, the, the massive user growth numbers that we see speak to that. Um, but as an investor, knowing that this is kind of one of the next big runways for them, I'm pretty excited that CEO Mark Zuckerberg is on board and wants to make this happen. Um, because that, that is really where the next phase of growth for them comes as a business, I think. Yeah, so Facebook is really still in that investment phase. They've talked about in their earnings call how they are continuing to hire more engineers, build more data centers, and really just gear up for the future and having a long-term vision that they want to execute on. So much with uh, Alphabet, uh, I also own Facebook, and and my outlook is pretty rosy for them too. Um, I, I think you're definitely going to see some slowdown in the second half of the year. The management wouldn't be signposting it the way that they have unless it was going to be happening. Um, I don't know what that's going to be. You know, they don't offer revenue guidance, so it's a little tough. Um, but even if it's down into you know the 30s. Uh, that's still pretty darn impressive for a business their size that has not turned on the switch for two of their huge, huge platforms. Right. So Facebook has market cap of five hundred billion dollars, but it's growing revenue, um, ad revenue twice as fast as Google. So that'll be really interesting to look out for. Yeah, two competitors to watch in the digital ad space. Battle of the Titans, absolutely. Yeah. Are they on a collision course? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, thankfully, you guys were not on a collision course, and it was a nice collaborative podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else before I let you guys go? Uh, just two tech companies that are really amazing stories of our time, and these are the companies you want to tell your grandkids that you own. And I mean, we'll see how they do in the future, but positive outlook. Yeah, Connor, Anisha, I completely agree with you, and uh, just a pleasure to be on here, Dylan. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah thanks. thanks for all you guys did over the summer here at HQ. Yeah. yeah, definitely a lot of key takeaways from the summer. So excited Great. for the future. Listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. Um, if you have any questions for me or any of the other hosts, you can just shoot them to industryfocus at pool.com or tweet us at MF Industry Focus. If you're looking for more of our stuff, you can subscribe on iTunes or check out the Fool's family of shows at pool.com slash podcasts. As always, people in the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool have, may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Dan Boyd for all his work behind the glass. For Anish and Connor, I'm Dylan. Thanks for listening, and Fool on.